As we know, YouTube is the second largest search engine next to Google, and many of you, our listeners and followers, are growing your own podcasts or Instagram platforms, which largely involve video marketing. And I'm all about repurposing video content to grow an audience. That's why I'm excited to share my guest today, Travis Albritton, host of the Honest Marketing Podcast. Travis has launched more than a dozen podcasts and spent almost four years as the head of content at Buzzsprout, producing their YouTube channel. And he's the founder of Honest Podcasts, a full-service podcast production agency serving Christian-owned businesses and specializing in high-quality video podcasts. And we are going to chat about building a strong YouTube presence from repurposed content. And now, listen in. Welcome to Authentic Online Marketing with Ruthie Gray. Growing awareness for your blog, podcast, book, or product involves more than dancing to reels and yelling, buy my thing. This show models quality over clamor so you can put your spin on your message and market in a way that feels authentic to you because nobody wants to sound like an infomercial. And now, here's your host, Ruthie Gray. Welcome to the show, Travis. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so glad you're here. So let's talk about YouTube. When did you first realize you had a knack for video production and specifically YouTube? So it's funny, most creators that I know are like overnight successes seven years in the making. And I would say that's probably true for me as well, that it took a while to even figure out I was good at it or enjoyed it. To be honest, the first way that I got into content creation was with podcasting, audio only content. Because I'm really good at talking Mm -hmm. and podcasting or starting a podcast is relatively easy. You just need a microphone, no way to record things and you can post it. So video, you add the extra layer of okay, well, I need to also look good while I'm saying things. Whereas if it's just audio only, you could be in your PJs and nobody even knows. Um, <laughs> so for my background, so, so I started as a Christian content creator doing an online teaching ministry and I had a daily podcast at one point. And uh, wow. I'd be more than happy to tell you that story. But oh. uh, yeah, so for, for 140 straight episodes, 20 weeks in a row, I published every single day, including Saturdays and Sundays. But what that did was it gave me an opportunity to then pivot from my previous career as an aerospace engineer, as a rocket scientist, into podcasting professionally. So I worked at a company called Buzzsprout, which does podcast hosting. Mm-hmm. If you've ever searched for how to start a podcast or anything related to that, you may have seen my face on the internet already. And I did that for four years, but about a year or so into it, you know, we noticed that there were not a lot of other companies outside of Pat Flynn, who's really the main influencer at the time talking about podcasting, teaching mm-hmm. podcasting on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we saw an opportunity that, hey, if we start this now, and, and see the opportunity that there really isn't a lot of competition yet, we can get ahead of this curve and really position Buzzsprout as the educator of the world for mm-hmm. free podcast content. And so the fir- very first video I did was a microphone re- review of the Rode Pod mic, which had just come out at the time, and mm-hmm. the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is kind of like the go-to entry-level microphone, and shot it first on a webcam, like a 1080p webcam, just in a spare office at the building, as a proof of concept to see like, how would we actually make this video? Like, how can we pull mm-hmm. it together using the resources we have? And then, you know, I showed it to my boss and he was like, just use my iPhone, man. Like that, that webcam is not, it's not as good <laughs> as my iPhone seven. Right. So this, this is like five years ago. And so we reshot the whole thing, edited it and put it up. And that was enough to, 
to basically commit to a short period of six months or so to see what else could we create and, and how else could we use YouTube. And we actually started by taking an audio podcast that we were doing at the time and just setting up a camera in the corner and recording me recording the audio podcast. Mm-hmm. And that was the first six, seven months of content was we just took a podcast we were already recording mm-hmm. and using video. And we had some strategies behind that. But and then over time, started ex- trying different techniques and learning things about editing. And, you know, you pick up skills over time to the point where, you know, we, Buzzsprout had built one of the largest YouTube channels on podcasting, how to podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it's you just kind of wake up one day and realize, oh, like I have a skill set that's rare now. <laughs> but I didn't start out that way. It was just, let's try this thing and let's commit to it long enough to see if it works. And then you just wake up one day and you're like, oh, I actually know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, like somebody mm-hmm. asked me a question, I have the answer. That's, that's new. I didn't used to be able to do that. And so, so I'm not sure if there was like any particular point in time where I just realized I know more about YouTube than most people. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just kind of a process. Yeah. And I think that, you know, happens a lot of times with entrepreneurs is that you just do the same thing over and over and over. You get better at it. You realize, hey, I enjoy this. And all of a sudden, one day, you're good at it. So you, I was looking for Buzzsprout, their YouTube channel, you grew it like exponentially. It was, now it's at 85K subs. I think they just crossed 90 too. So, so yeah, it's definitely grown considerably since we started it. The first video I think we did was back in 2018. And as is the case with most YouTube channels and most any kind of platform you build, it's very slow going in the beginning because not many people know what you're doing. So the strategy is a little bit different when you're first getting started versus when you have an established audience. But yeah, if you Mm -hmm. stick with it and outlast people, which is really Mm -hmm. the the biggest metric of success is how long have you been doing it, then you can create something really meaningful. That's the same way with podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) That's why pod fade is a real thing. It really is. Okay, so let's kind of take me through this. If I were to start transitioning, you know, if I wanted to start a YouTube channel and say transition over like my podcast content there, or even just my Instagram content there, what would be some of the first simple things that I would need to do to set up to maximize my reach and and time? So I think first and foremost, it's understanding much in the same way that Instagram has shifted to being a content first platform. Like, do you have a reel that's really good? We don't care what the rest of your content looks like. If it's good, we'll show it. YouTube is becoming more like that too, where how many subscribers you had used to be a really important metric because those would be people that always saw your video. Now that's not the case so much. And so when you're first getting started, it's really thinking video by video, what is something that people are either looking for? So that's where search engine optimization and search traffic and traffic volume become important because Mm -hmm. if, you know, 5 million people a month are looking for how to grow my Instagram account. That's a Mm -hmm. lot of people that you can get in front of versus, you know, how many captions do I use? Maybe that's 5,000 people a month searching for that. And so, okay, maybe that's a video worth making. But after I make this other one, where more people have an intent to find this information. So YouTube is still very much a search engine. It's the number two search engine in the world behind Google.com. And so Mm -hmm. when anyone wants to look for a tutorial, or a step-by-step guide, or anything that's going to show them how to do something, YouTube is where they go. And so I would first think through, like, what is the goal of the channel? Is it to grow your business? Is it to 
shift people over to your podcast or your email newsletter? Is it to sell them products? And really identify like, what are the core problems you solve for people? Not what products do you, do you sell, but like, what are the problems that you're fixing mm-hmm. in people's lives? Because mm-hmm. that's all that a business is, is you're giving me money to fix mm-hmm. something for you. And the value of that thing getting fixed is more than what you're giving me in exchange, right? Right. So think through what are the problems that you solve for people? And then what are the kinds of questions that people ask around those problems? So for me in my business, it's how do I start a podcast for my business? Or how do I start a branded podcast? Or how do I do content marketing for my business? And so then with my YouTube channel and the content I create, those are all videos that I want to make. Because those are, the, those are the things that people are looking for, that if I can throw my name out there and say, I have an answer for you, and I can help you with this problem, that's how people, more than likely, in the way that you can control it, or have some hand on the wheel, that is the strategy that works, especially as you're getting started. Now, the YouTube algorithm is the other piece of that. So there's like the search part of YouTube, there's the algorithm part of YouTube where they're suggesting your video based on what other people have watched. And that's not necessarily something you have control over. Like if I even look at my own stats, the videos that have done exceptionally well are not the ones I would have picked or the ones that I would have guessed. And I'll make a video and I think it's awesome, like the best video Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And it gets like four views. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, okay, well, YouTube has decided this video wins. And so part of it too is just being impartial to which videos do well. That on most channels, you will see between three to five videos that drastically outperform all the others. And that's very normal. It's very, Mm -hmm. very normal. And so the other thing to keep in mind is when you start making videos, try not to care which one wins or which one actually ends up taking off. As long as they're all in the ecosystem of the things that you want to talk about, it's really about looking at your channel as a whole and how all the videos are gathering eyeballs to who you Mm -hmm. are and what you talk about and what you offer. So that's the first thing I would think about is what problems can you solve for people And how do you answer questions that they have that can give them confidence that you can help them with other problems that they have? I think something that is really easy to do if you're doing that kind of thing, like say on Instagram, you're doing a reel, like a, you know, just a short reel, even a story is to just transition that over into a YouTube short. I've heard that those are getting really popular a lot of people are doing them. Do you feel like those are, you know, pretty valuable? Is that a smart strategy? Absolutely. So Instagram and YouTube and TikTok all have, you know, if we're talking about IG Reels and YouTube Shorts, they all have the same form factor, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a vertical video, typically 16 by 9 aspect ratio. And they have various limitations on the length of the video, but typically shorter is better mm-hmm. because what matters to those platforms is percent consumed, average percentage consumed. So for YouTube, if you have a one minute YouTube short and somebody watches 30 seconds of that, to YouTube, that's 50%. Mm -hmm. That's the number they're looking at. Mm -hmm. If you have a 22 second video and someone watches 21 seconds of it, less time, but their percentage is like 95%, Mm -hmm. YouTube says that's a winning video because somebody watched it almost all the way through on average. So shorter ends up being better on YouTube TikTok, if you get more than two seconds, you're really happy because people are just swiping like their lives depending on it. Right. But if you can take that same content you're already creating and post it to multiple platforms, there's no harm in doing that. It doesn't hurt you at all. 
And in the same way that Instagram is really leaning into reels, YouTube is certainly leaning into shorts. And they're really pushing that. And there is an opportunity to have a short go viral related to the other content that you have. But you do want to have both. You do want to have YouTube shorts content and some form of long form content as well, which may maybe goes a little bit deeper, a little bit more in depth. You're providing extra content, extra context, maybe Uh those kind of things. So when you post a short, let's say you are repurposing, which I love to do. What's the most important thing to include with that? Like you should put a title in there and maybe a description. Is that it? Is that good? Do we use hashtags? What do we what do we do with it? So with the title, you want it to be a hook. So whatever the hook is, that's going to get someone interested in watching the video because thumbnails are not really a big part of shorts right now and even descriptions. So most shorts are watched on mobile devices. So it's going to take up the whole screen. So it's not going to be a traditional YouTube experience where you're on a laptop or on a desktop and you see all this information around it. It's just going to be the video itself and then a little title at the bottom. And so those are the things that matter is the hook of the title and the hook of the video. Can you get someone interested in watching the rest of this? The description, not as important. Hashtags, not as important for shorts. Because again, YouTube is just looking at what percentage of this video was consumed on average by this initial audience? And then who are other people that share those qualities that may be interested in this video as well? That's really where YouTube Shorts optimization kicks in. So it's not search-based. It's not you know based on your subscribers. YouTube is really using this as a TikTok experiment, as a TikTok copy. Okay. And at this point, they don't even talk to each other very much. So if someone watches a YouTube Short, they're not lumped into an audience that later sees your long-form content necessarily. That's something YouTube is working on. And so most of the creators that I follow that are in the know encourage you to do both kinds of content to kind of be ahead of the curve. So when that does happen, you're ready for it and can capitalize on it. But for shorts, it's really just, is the video good? Does it capture people's attention? And do you have a really good hook with your title? Okay, that is good to know. That was a, that's been a big question on my mind for a while. I'm sure it's been on our listeners' minds too. So one of my mantras here at Authentic Online Marketing is community grows opportunity. Is it possible to grow community over there with a YouTube channel? Can you leverage community on YouTube? Absolutely. So I think the YouTube comment section is still a really great place to build community on the internet. As You know, Instagram is more community-oriented than Facebook or TikTok or some of these Mm -hmm. other platforms. And so with YouTube, if you're really intentional about it, you can build great community. If you have calls to action in your videos, telling people to leave comments, asking specific questions, and then replying to those comments, you can build a really great community on YouTube. You do also want to convert it into a community that you own. So in the same way that you encourage people that have Instagram accounts to help transition them to your email list, I do the same for YouTube. You still want the call to action to be Let's go from YouTube to somewhere where we can have a more intimate conversation without having to fight mm-hmm. with an algorithm in the middle. But it is right. a really cool place to build community if you are active in commenting and replying. I think that's the big piece of it. Okay. So YouTube loves to see that. They love to see they love to see lots of likes, lots of comments on videos because then that tells them, "Oh, this is not just a video people are watching. People are actually engaging and interacting here." And and that's still a really valuable thing to do. And so if in your content You can encourage people to take part in a conversation in the comments and then you reply to them. It doesn't have to be in real time, but if within 24 hours you can reply to the comments of people that are leaving comments under your video, 
not only does it show them, I'm actually here and I actually heard what you said, but on a practical note, it doubles the number of, co- number of comments you have in your, your video. <laughs> and so if 20 people leave comments and you leave 20 replies, that's 40 comments. Yeah. And that's one of the metrics that YouTube uses to decide, is this a video worth sharing outside of your current audience? And we have several podcasters that listen to the show too. And I know that there is a big wave towards repurposing like what we're doing right now using Zoom to just go ahead and pop it over onto your YouTube channel. So if I did that, what would be the important things for me to include with that? So I think first and foremost, realize that it's a podcast. So you're not competing with content that is just for YouTube. And I think that's a big mistake that people make when they start making video podcasts is like, how do I make my video podcast less podcasty? How do I make it more like a talking head YouTube tutorial with like a vlog of me walking my dog and all this Uh kind of things? That's not what it is. You Uh are basically video recording a talk show. That's what you're doing. So think more like Joe Rogan style podcast. Like Mm -hmm. it's not edited in any particular way. It's just him talking to a person and there happen to be video cameras in the room. So I think Mm -hmm. don't, don't be so concerned about the content itself as far as like the presentation of it and how polished it is. And because if you are very clear that this is a podcast, then that's the Mm -hmm. expectation people have when they start watching it or listening to it. And often people will actually start the podcast and then put it over on the side. Like they'll listen to it on YouTube while they do other things. And so how it looks is not as important as if you were trying to build a YouTube channel that's just for YouTube and you're not trying to repurpose it. And I think that the beauty of it, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on on the air or off the air rather, if you're already recording audio, having a webcam set up to record video as well and posting that to YouTube is a great way to start repurposing your content because you're not you're not trying to create a whole other you know, system of processes and extra things you got to do and hoops you got to jump through mm-hmm. to create content. You know, mm-hmm. that, just, that just discourages you from making things. If it's like, oh True. man, one episode takes eight hours. Like <laughs> that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> but if you can, you know, piggyback on things you're already doing and just have a webcam plugged in, then now you have that option. And not only do you have that option for YouTube, but you can cut out little clips and post those as reels and as YouTube shorts, directing mm-hmm. people to watch and listen to the full episodes. Mm-hmm. You can post that content more natively on other platforms. Like if you're on Facebook, if LinkedIn's important to you, you know, Pinterest, mm-hmm. then those all become viable options that if you just have audio, it's hard to repurpose that content for those mm-hmm. more visual platforms. So even if all you do to get started is just, I'm going to turn a webcam on and upload it to YouTube, know that that gives you the option then to go further down the road and start repurposing it in other places mm-hmm. if you want to. So that's, that'd be the first piece of advice is just turn on a webcam, use the camera on your phone and capture some video as you're recording your podcast the way you normally do, and then just upload it to YouTube and see what happens. Cause it's just exposure that you weren't getting before. Like it's, it's, right. if you're getting a hundred downloads an episode and then you put it on YouTube and you get 10 views, that's 10 more people than you had before. And all you're True. doing is, is putting it on one more platform. So I see it more as, you know, instead of just being an Apple podcast, Spotify, and Google podcast. Now you discover this, this place called Overcast and you get it in there as well. YouTube is just one more distribution platform for your content. Mm-hmm. And if you can have a camera on, so it's not just a still image with audio in the background, that will help. That will help it perform better on YouTube. So for my podcast and for the clients that I work with, we just do record it online for the most part. And mm-hmm. one camera, whether it's a webcam or a professional camera, and that's it. 
and we upload it and we publish it because mm-hmm. when people are listening to a podcast on YouTube, it's for the content. They're not there mm-hmm. to watch a Mr. Beast video or to watch something that's just for YouTube. They're, they're there to get information. They want to take part in the conversation. They value what you have to say. And that's what they're showing up for. There are some really big podcasts on YouTube that have, you know, 100,000 subscribers. And it's just like Google Hangouts or Zoom. It's not even like a really professional setup. It's just them recording their Zoom meeting and uploading it. But people uh-huh. listen to it. People watch it because the content uh-huh. is valuable. So you're not competing with content that's YouTube specific. It's offering people that like listening to podcasts one more place to find you. And the beauty, beautiful thing about YouTube is that it works on every single device, which is always the hard thing with sharing a podcast episode. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, go listen True. to this podcast. Okay, I don't have an iPhone, so that link won't work for me. Okay, well, do you use Spotify? Do you use Google Podcasts? Let me find the very specific app yeah. that you actually use and send you that one. So it'll yeah. work for you. Every device on the, that's connected to the internet can get to YouTube. So mm-hmm. that also becomes a really easy link to share that you know will work for everybody. Yeah. I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, I didn't even really know where the app was. My very first podcast that I listened to was on YouTube. (laughs) And it was just, it wasn't even video. It was just a picture of the host and I could listen to her, but it was easy. So Mm -hmm. I see what you mean there. that, That really makes sense. So what are your top three tips for the entrepreneur who wants to market on YouTube? So I think tip number one is be patient, that it takes time to grow a YouTube channel. If you already have an audience that you can tell about it and and kind of push people there in the beginning, that helps. Mm -hmm. But it usually takes quite a while to build momentum. And that's just because you're you're planting a new flag in the soil and saying, here I am, I have something valuable to offer. And it just Mm -hmm. takes time for people to discover you. I mean, this is just, it's the nature of growing any kind of audience online. And then unless you're already famous, it takes time. And so I would look at YouTube as a one-year experiment if you haven't done it before. Commit to one year of content, ride the highs and the lows. You're going to have some videos that do really well. You're going to have months where like nothing good happens and you're like, why am I even doing this? But look at it a year at a time because then you'll notice like, okay, I spent this much time this year making content for YouTube. Now that I have that much time to look at, that much information to look at, not only has the YouTube channel grown, but how has it impacted me and my skills delivering content, being able to communicate effectively? Like you're basically getting practice public speaking every mm-hmm. single video you make for YouTube. Like that's really valuable as a business owner, being able to engage with people and explain your ideas in ways that people can understand them. And then you'll start to see some larger trends, right? So how is YouTube performing versus your podcast or versus your Instagram? And you don't even necessarily need to create trackable links. You'll just start to hear from your audience, oh, I found you on YouTube. I found you over here. I saw this video and then I started watching all your videos. And you'll just start to hear those kinds of trends. And so if you're looking at this from a long-term view, then that gives you the ability to be patient and to not compare yourself to creators that have been doing it for several years. Because that's the other thing too, is you start to compare yourself with your competition or other YouTube creators and you think, man, they've got like 250,000 subscribers. I'll never get there. It's like, yeah, but they started with zero one time too. Like they started Mm -hmm. exactly where you are. They just stuck with it long enough to reach that point. And so it's very common in the first year of doing YouTube, if you publish consistently, you still don't have a thousand subscribers at the end of that. But you'll have a couple of videos that pop off and do well where you're getting 5,000, 10,000 views. And once that video is there, 
it continues to work for you. So I think the other thing about YouTube is you'll still have people watching videos that are five, six, seven, eight years old. Whereas with podcasting, you don't necessarily get that. With social media, you definitely don't get that where everything lives for 24 hours and then it's Mm -hmm. basically irrelevant. True. And so those are all benefits that you get by starting YouTube and then sticking with YouTube long enough to see if it's going to move the needle for your business. So that's number one, to be patient. The second thing I would say is in the same way that you encourage your clients, your students to just start with Instagram, don't get too wrapped up in the gear. That can be very overwhelming thinking like, Uh I need to be a videographer. I need to be a video editor. I need to learn how to use like these professional softwares. I need to become a graphic designer so I can make thumbnails. I need to become a copywriter so I can create engaging headlines. And now you're, you're wearing the hats of five people all at once and giving yourself no slack for being in the beginning stage of this process. Mm-hmm. And so just use what you have. If you have a phone, those cameras are actually pretty good nowadays. And so you can use that to record video. If you have a webcam, you can pop open Zoom. If you have a MacBook, you can use QuickTime, which is an app that's already installed and record video that way and post that to YouTube. Uh, You can also live stream into YouTube, either on YouTube or using a platform like Riverside or StreamYard. So if you want to do webinars for your students and you live stream it, like that's another way to create content. So so don't Mm -hmm. get so wrapped up in the gear. Just start with what you have. And then over time, add one piece here and there to make it just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Because then if you build that habit, then after that year, you're going to be amazed when you look at the video you post at the end of the year versus the first one you posted. So that's the second piece of advice is don't let the gear stop you from creating content. And then the third piece of advice that I would, I would say is make sure you do YouTube shorts just on a very practical level. So if I look at, look at my channel for my podcast, which only started in September, and it was really seeing it not just as an opportunity to host a show that's in line with my values, because in the marketing space, there's lots of people that are all about the results and not about the people elements, but also to, to be able to experiment on myself and to try things and to see what works so I can share those learnings with my clients. And most of my top performing videos are shorts. Now the engagement's different, right? So someone might watch 20 or 30 seconds of a short versus four to five minutes of a long form video, but they'll get 10 to 20 times as many views. And so if you're wanting to capitalize on what's working on YouTube right now, they're pushing shorts really hard. And they're in talks of making podcasts and audio content more a central part of the platform. And so everyone in the industry is kind of waiting for them to announce what the final version of that looks like. But if you go on the YouTube Explore page, you're going to see a tab for podcasts. And that's relatively new. So also just kind of like stay on top of what is the new thing YouTube is doing? Because typically that's the thing they'll want to lean into as far as just like here's some extra impressions. And right now that's shorts. And very soon podcasts will be a new part of the platform as well. Those are great tips. Do you think that YouTube is a substantial platform for generating funds? So most creators do not become rich with AdSense, which is the on-platform monetization. So that's when people think about monetizing a YouTube video, they think I get the channel large enough that brands and companies will spend money to show a video in front of my video or show a banner under the video. And so YouTube monetization does give you something. It's not zero, which most social media platforms, they don't, they don't give you anything, right? So it's, it's more than zero, which is great. <laughs> but typically it's how do you build an audience and then point them to other products, other services that you offer. 
right? So like for me, my monetization strategy with YouTube is not YouTube ads. It's how do I create content that resonates with my ideal client so then they give me money to provide a service for them. That's how I monetize my YouTube channel. It has nothing to do with YouTube at all. YouTube mm-hmm. is just a platform I'm using to get the content out there. So it's not zero, but it's not going to make you rich is, is the okay. answer. But it can be a good, good avenue to push more potential audience, a larger audience towards your product or your service or your book or your platform, whatever it is that you're trying to grow. Yeah. Think about it more as a a place that like a megaphone on the internet that you can use Mm -hmm. to tell people about what you do. And then a certain percentage of them will become customers or clients of yours. That's the best Mm -hmm. way to monetize YouTube. Uh, In the same way that, you know, with Instagram, if you really want to make money on Instagram, it's use it to promote the things you have in your business and how you can help people. Mm-hmm. It's not get a certain number of followers. You can become a quote unquote influencer and get swipe up on stories <laughs> and then have companies being like, why don't you travel to Bali and stay in our hotel and take pictures? <laughs> like that's such a small percentage of creators. Yes. yes. And, and you have no control over the future of that business. Whereas if it's right. like, hey, YouTube is working right now as a publishing platform to distribute my values and the things that I care about and connect with people that share those things, I will use it as long as it suits me. But the way I make money and the way I pay my rent or my mortgage is independent of the platform. Because mm-hmm. then you're not worried about, okay, my AdSense went down by 10%. Am I choosing electricity or water this month? Like that's just not a place you want to be in. So see it as a benefit, as a bonus, like, oh, cool, I got some money from YouTube ads, but I would not, I would not mm-hmm. make that the focus right. for YouTube content. Because then also you're creating content for a, a larger audience. because you're trying to get more views. Mm-hmm. And more views equals more money, which if you're doing it as an entrepreneur or to grow a business or to build a personal brand, that might not be the thing that's most important to you. Probably isn't. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and about your company? Absolutely. So Honest Marketing is the podcast that that I launched that, you know, me and Ruthie were like, man, our podcasts are basically the same, but like talking about different content, which is great. Uh, <laughs> so I, my podcast is mainly focused on business owners and entrepreneurs that want to, to learn proven strategies to grow their business without selling their soul. So mm-hmm. you don't have to grow at the expense of yourself, at the expense of your values you can make a really great business that serves people and that service-oriented nature comes through not just in the products that you sell, but how you sell them. So like one of the, the three laws of honest marketing that I of course made up, but you know, if it carries some weight and people like it, then I'm happy to you know, share it, is can you say that no humans were harmed in the marketing of your product or service? And that it's so important that how we sell things and how we market things is itself service oriented, that it's not just about, okay, what are the tactics or strategies to trick people into giving me their credit card information? Mm -hmm. But when they choose to do business with me, are they excited about that? Or do they instantly regret that they've chosen to buy something from me? Because over time, that will lead to, a you know, if you start to optimize towards those kind of metrics, performance metrics, over the human experience, it's hard to be really excited about the business that that becomes. But you also need to pay bills and you also have people on your team you need to pay. And so it, has, it can't be just a nonprofit organization. Like right. your business also needs to make money so you can keep doing it and you can keep helping people. And so that's the tension that as Christian entrepreneurs, we have to hold. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the podcast is about is 
what are the things that are working that you can implement and feel really great about them? And that's really the, the focus. So we talk about content marketing, talk about podcasts, talk about YouTube, but then we also talk about copywriting, like how to write a sales page. I just recorded an episode on how to create a profitable Facebook ads campaign with someone who's a digital marketing agency and leads that. And so, so really bringing in experts from all different facets. So no matter where you are in your business, you'll get something valuable out of it. So that's really what the podcast for. And then, and then my company, Honest Podcasts, is a service that I offer to businesses that want a branded podcast. They want a podcast that represents them and connects with their listeners, or they use it as a networking tool to interact with clients if they're B2B focused. And then I do basically do all the production for them. And so that's what Honest Podcast is. And so we do audio, video, repurposing, blog content, social media content, all the things that you would want to create a podcast that is building momentum and using that content in different ways. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the company piece that pays for the, the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Just to, to have fun and talk to people. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that is, what is the name of that website? Yeah. So right now it's actually being built, but in the future, it'll be honestpodcasts.com. Okay. And right now it redirects to the current website. So if you just go there, you'll see whatever the current website is. And, and if you are a business owner and you're thinking, I think I want to start a podcast. I want to do a video podcast. I'd be more than happy to help you out. And even if you don't become a client of mine, I'm more than happy to point you in the right direction. You can at least get the the next steps for you to start. Because you're an honest marketer. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So part of it is telling people when, you know what, I'm actually not the best fit for you. Like, even uh-huh. though I'm happy you want to give me your money, like I actually yeah. know because of my expertise that this is better for you or a better value for you or a better investment for you at this point in time. Right. And so, so part of it is, just having that kind of abundance mindset that I'm more than happy to turn people away from my business mm-hmm. if it's going to be in their best interests as mm-hmm. opposed to mine. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want to do with my business. It's not just about making money. It's about how can right. I use my business as a way to serve people and serve business owners. And sometimes right. that means not doing business with me. And I feel really good about that. Yeah, we definitely have a lot in common with our whole mantra of how we run our business and, and our podcasts. So where do you want people to connect with you online? Go to the YouTube channel and to the Honest Marketing YouTube channel. And you know, I'll okay. give you a link that you can put in the show notes. They can click over there yeah. and leave a comment on one of the videos. And I'd love to interact and, and answer any questions that you have. You'll see Ruthie's episode up there soon too. So maybe comment on that one. Give that one a little extra boost so I can get some more yeah. exposure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, Travis. We sure do appreciate you being here and sharing all of your knowledge about YouTube with the folks. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow the Honest Marketing YouTube channel and connect with Travis over there. You can even look up his interview with me on his podcast and give him a follow, give him a shout, let him know that you heard this interview and I hope today has given you food for thought about how to repurpose your video content even more using YouTube in simple, effective ways. Until next week, be sure to share your message, your way, in your own authentic voice and repurpose that content. We'll see you next week.